What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach. And before we get started with today's episode, I want to remind you that if you've not already done so, make sure you are subscribed. You've got Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our website. It's spitfirecoach.com. There's a podcast link there, but make sure you're subscribed so that you get alerts to new episodes. We are at 170 plus. So do it. It's great. Pass it along. And if you love our show, which I hope you do, feel free to leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Today, we are talking about how to protect our well-being, our positive mindset, our positive space when other people are fearful, when they are kind of dumping their emotions in our space. So if you are someone who feels empathic, that you have a lot of concern and support for people, and you feel really affected after spending time with people who are in kind of crisis, stress, fear, this is a great episode for you. And in fact, it's something that I experience, which is why I'm talking about it. Um, I feel like I experience things like a week or two or even a day or sometimes an hour before I meet with my clients. And I'm like, ah, that's why I had to go through it because now I have insight of actually experiencing it before I've talked to my client. So as we all know, uh, we are in 2020, so I'm going to be releasing this in November. We have gone through two plus years. Uh, actually, we're we're almost like approaching three years of a pandemic now, endemic with COVID. We have war with Ukraine and Russia. We have inflation. We have uh, incoming recession, if it's not already here, which I think it is. Soaring housing prices, racial injustice, social injustice, uh, women's rights being retracted. You name it, like the list builds and builds and builds. And what we have encountered is a VUCA and a Bonnie. And if you don't know what that is, the episode before this gives you a very clear indication of what those two acronyms mean. Now, what is happening is with all of these external forces, companies are reacting. So while we were in the pandemic, people worked from home, companies were closing, companies were expanding. That's right. A lot of organizations that had a tech focus had to really expand and staff up to meet the need of their customers. With that, there were hiring increases, there were investments. Everyone was like, yes, money, money, money. Interest rates were crazy low at that point. Do you remember when it was like, what, like 2% on a mortgage? Those were the good old days. And so money was getting pushed out. We had the EIDL, we had the PPP. So there was a lot of investment in supporting businesses. And there were also a lot of investors looking to put their their investments in more safe or long-lasting. So they were investing in companies. Uh, they were starting companies. There was, there was a lot of money going around. It was like printing money left and right. And so now where we have, what, like 7 8 9% inflation, and we have this continuation of a supply chain shortage, and it's just compounding effects economically. And also uh, globally, when you talk about wheat uh, in Ukraine not being able to come out, that inc increases the cost of food. So things are more expensive now. Uh, labor is more expensive, but also labor has not met the demand of cost of living. So people aren't able to afford as much. They're not able to kind of push in. So what does that have to do with anything? Well, it's the human experience that people are walking into the office with, walking into their uh, computer space with, if you're working remotely. So 
All of these things are contributing to the way people are feeling. And so if you are a person who shows up for people, listens to them, you may inadvertently be sponging up all of their energy because energy needs a place. So imagine someone's like, here's all my stuff. Well, where's it going to go? And usually if you're in a place of, I want to help this person, I want to fix it for them, you end up soaking all of that up into you. And you may notice this a couple days later, an hour later, you might feel your energy drain. You might like slump when you normally would be okay that part of the day. And I actually had this happen to me recently uh, where I spent time with a friend and in talking to them. So people love sharing things with me. It's great. But if I'm not clear about my boundaries, I kind of go too deep. And this is what happened to the point where I actually uh, was, my body was so stressed out that I got a cold sore, which has not happened in like six years. And I had to be in front of people for three days, which was not ideal. So literally my body was full of stress and anxiety that I inadvertently picked up from this person. So what should I have done instead? Well, I should have had a very clear sense of when to cut it off. But my coaching self was like, oh, no, we got to get to the end point. We're digging, we're digging, we're digging. So what I should have done is had um, an environment for me to have separation. And instead, I spent hours with this person, and it really just kind of like triggered. And this has happened multiple times. This isn't the friend's fault. It's actually more of my my, uh, lack of discernment in my own energy. I didn't realize how much I was outputting. And, and absorbing and intaking. So I first needed to acknowledge that it was happening in my body and it happened pretty quickly. So for me, it's this tightening in my chest and I start to feel kind of this clench at the base of my neck. And so if I had recognized that, I would have said, you know what, I'm really not in a place to be processing this. Can we put a pin in it? Can we readdress this? And that would have been that, but instead I kind of just pushed it to the side and and did it again. It also just recently happened with another friend where I actually felt my throat start to close up um, because this person was kind of telling a very emotional story and they were still in it. And I don't know if they were really ready to move through it. Uh, So it was almost like no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't clear this feeling. Um, And it ended up being like the post-nasal drip. And so my body was like, no, 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 don't do it. Um, And what ended up happening was an environment change allowed me to shift the energy and to actually get my needs met in a different way. So there's first the environmental shift that you can make. So if you're talking to someone on the phone and you start to feel that you can ask them, hey, I can I call you back? Like, I just, I got to get something out of my throat or I need to go make myself a tea. So by giving yourself that time, you can actually process differently and make a different decision for yourself. Um, or can we have a different call later on? I'm not feeling up to this. And I've actually done that with someone else where uh, I had a call scheduled with them and I felt their energy through the phone. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to do this. And I was like, you know what? I'm not really feeling this. I'm not really feeling this call. Uh, We should do it a different time. And I actually never rescheduled. And that was okay with me. (laughs) So um, I'm sorry if their feelings were hurt, but honestly, my well-being was more important at that moment. So I took it. So environment change. So if it's a Zoom, then you could just say, you know what? I'm not really in a place right now to have this conversation, or can we have this conversation later? Um, You need to honor that. Because if you don't, then your body actually responds to it. So stress 
creates inflammation. Inflammation makes us sick. It's this whole trickle-down trickle effect. So we have to notice where there's first friction before it becomes this stress and anxiety that takes over. And if you have a propensity for anxiety, this is one of those things that will help you feel more in control. So doing body scans, noticing where there's friction or tension, doing deep breathing, going out for a walk, having water. And that's another piece. So have accessories that help you refocus. So if you have any tendencies toward ADHD, they have those fidget spinners. Those are great. So for me, it's usually a coffee mug or a coffee cup. So I'll just kind of grip onto it or I'll hold it in my hands as I'm talking to someone because just having that texture to focus on allows me to move uh, somewhere else where I'm not in the story with them. And then the other tool is water. So water allows us to obviously hydrate. Um, it allows us to kind of flush um, and it's a great pause. So if someone is going on and on, you can just say, excuse me one sec and take a glass of water and that will actually stop them in their tracks at that moment. And you have the ability to kind of redirect the conversation. And that's what we need to do. So it's acknowledging first that you are in friction, the other person is in stress and you're being affected. And then assessing what are your options? What's your out strategy? And so you can redirect, you can say, you know, hey, so I'm not really feeling up for this topic, or it sounds like this is really frustrating for you. Um, maybe this would be something better for, for your coach or your therapist or someone else. Um, and if they continue, then your opportunity is to say, hey, so I know that you really want to talk about this. And I've brought this up like, it's not for me, I'm going to need to, you know, jump off the off the call because this isn't good for me. And that's a hard conversation to have because here's what happens. When you become the go-to of emotional dumping, people become a little attached to you. They become addicted to the feeling of dumping. And so you become that go-to space for them. They feel great in the moment. You feel like shit. And then literally a day or two later or a week or two or a month or two, they're back at it again with the same story. Lupin, lupin, lupin. So the question is, what are they willing to do differently? Because you've noticed that they keep coming to you with the same story and they keep having the same outcome. So what is it that they actually want to do with it? What is the ideal for them? And I did this with a friend. So what's your ideal outcome here? And they kind of skirted around and wanted to storytell again. I said, that wasn't my question. My question is, what do you want in this situation? And finally they got to, and I said, then that's what you need to focus on. But every time you're retelling this, you are reinvesting in the story and it's exhausting. So you have the opportunity and people aren't going to like it. Sometimes the truth hurts, um, but this isn't about them. This is about you preserving your energy. So in a workplace situation, if someone keeps going on and on and on about things that they're upset with, ask them for, well, what is it that you want the outcome to be? And who do you need to talk to to support that? So maybe this is a conversation for HR. Maybe this means you should look for another job. Maybe this is a mindset shift and you should talk to a coach. Like there are always options, but if it is beyond your reach and scope in your role, you need to outsource it. It's not even delegating. You need to outsource it because it is not for you. You do not have the expertise or skill set. You do not have the authority to approve someone taking time off or, you know, moving jobs. Like that's not up to you. But what you can do is offer a mirror or a wall, meaning the wall is going to stop them in their tracks from continuing the cycle. Like you shall not pass. You are the Gandalf of emotions. And the mirror allows you to reflect back what you see. 
not in a judgmental way, but in an observation pattern. Um, It's a pattern form of trends you're seeing like, hey, I've noticed you've brought this up three times and we haven't really seen any progression. So I'm curious what it is you need to feel like you're moving it forward or what are we looking to actually accomplish here? What is that ideal outcome? And so this will give you a clear indication if someone wants to continue to spiral in their venting, in their drama, that's what we call level two energy. And if they want to stay in that, that's great, but that's not for you. Um, So by you asking these curious, empowering questions, but that's very objective, it allows you to create space, which is what we call detached engagement. So you are listening, but you're not in it. You are hearing them, but you're not experiencing their emotional situation. And there might be some, you know, trickle out, but that space will allow you to say, not for me or for me, I can help them or I don't want to help them. So just because you can doesn't mean you should. Imagine that this person keeps coming to you asking you to tie asking you to tie their shoes. How many times are you going to do it before you say, "I think you can t- you can actually do it yourself," or uh, "What do you need support with to do this?" Or maybe shoelaces aren't for you. Maybe you're a Velcro person or a slip-on, which is okay. I love my Toms. So in this situation, yes, it's very basic, um, but that is the equivalent of what people are doing with their situations. They're coming and they're sharing, but they're not actually indicating that they want things to be better or they want to uh, take accountability for shifting things. So so that is your opportunity to prompt them with those questions. And so they're then going to know, crap, every time I go to Lauren, she's going to challenge me to like actually fix this on my own. I can't just dump this in her lap. Um, and my friends actually t- say that to me. They're like, damn it. I know I have to do work now. You're not just going to like take it. And I basically say to people, if I've heard the same story more than two times that like, Hey, this keeps coming up. What are you doing about it? Cause this is exhausting for me to hear. I'm a tough friend. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, so these are some tools. So create the space, have out strategies, Um, Give yourself something objective to focus on. So having something in your hand, writing things down allows you to focus on the fact and the story and separate those two and and listen to your body. So where are you feeling the stress and friction? Um, And know that energy is all around us. Emotions are all around us. They are very heightened and we are approaching the holiday season where they're going to be even more, uh, you know, expressive, we'll say. We got all the family interactions. So the more that you can practice this now going into the holiday season, the more you're going to be able to preserve your energy. So notice it, take care of it, have your strategies, and also celebrate when you've honored it. Give yourself a pat on the back of saying, yep, I cut that off. I could have been drained for the next three days, but I'm not. So do it for you. Congratulate yourself and pass this on to, you think, anyone who needs to hear it as we enter the last quarter, as we're in the last quarter of 2022. So this will help preserve your energy and your whole ecosystem too. So everyone's operating together. And the more that you get accountability uh, advocates, they will support you in having those boundaries and have more honest conversations with your friends and colleagues. Because in honesty, we can work with it. In specifics, we can work with it. But in ambiguous storytelling, we just have emotional reactions. So I hope this was helpful. Remember, if you haven't subscribed, do it. If you like this show, leave a review and feel free to check out past episodes. And if you have ideas for future ones, feel free to email me, lauren at spitfirecoach.com. And you all keep being awesome. What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast podcast. 
I am your host, Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach. And before we get started with today's episode, I want to remind you that if you've not already done so, make sure you are subscribed. You got Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our website. It's spitfirecoach.com. There's a podcast link there, but make sure you're subscribed so that you get alerts to new episodes. We are at 170 plus. So do it. It's great. Pass it along. And if you love our show, which I hope you do, feel free to leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Today, we are talking about how to protect our well being, our positive mindset, our positive space when other people are fearful, when they are kind of dumping their emotions in our space. So if you are someone who feels empathic, that you have a lot of concern and support for people, and you feel really affected after spending time with people who are in kind of crisis, stress, fear, this is a great episode for you. And in fact, it's something that I experience, which is why I'm talking about it. Um, I feel like I experience things like a week or two or even a day or sometimes an hour before I meet with my clients. And I'm like, ah, that's why I had to go through it because now I have insight of actually experiencing it before I've talked to my client. So as we all know, uh, we are in 2020, so I'm going to be releasing this in November. We have gone through two plus years. Uh, actually, we're, we're almost like approaching three years of a pandemic now endemic with COVID. We have war with Ukraine and Russia. We have inflation. We have uh, incoming recession, if it's not already here, which I think it is, soaring housing prices, racial injustice, social injustice, uh, women's rights being retracted. You name it, like the list builds and builds and builds. And what we have encountered is a VUCA and a Bonnie. And if you don't know what that is, the episode before this gives you a very clear indication of what those two acronyms mean. Now, what is happening is with all of these external forces, companies are reacting. So while we were in the pandemic, people work from home, companies were closing, companies were expanding. That's right. A lot of organizations that had a tech focus had to really expand and staff up to meet the need of their customers. With that, there were hiring increases. There were investments. Everyone was like, yes, money, money, money. Interest rates were crazy low at that point. Do you remember when it was like, what, like 2% on a mortgage? Those were the good old days. And so money was getting pushed out. We had the EIDL, we had the PPP. So there was a lot of investment in supporting businesses. And there were also a lot of investors looking to put their their investments in more safe or long lasting. So they were investing in companies. Uh, they were starting companies. There was, there was a lot of money going around. It was like printing money left and right. And so now where we have what, like seven, eight, nine percent inflation, and we have this continuation of a supply chain shortage. And it's just compounding effects economically and also uh, globally when you talk about wheat uh, in Ukraine not being able to come out, that inc increases the cost of food. So things are more expensive now. Uh, labor is more expensive, but also labor has not met the demand of cost of living. So people aren't able to afford as much. They're not able to kind of push in. So what does that have to do with anything? Well, it's the human experience that people are walking into the office with, walking into their uh, computer space with, if you're working remotely. So all of these things are contributing to the way people are feeling. 
And so if you are a person who shows up for people, listens to them, you may inadvertently be sponging up all of their energy because energy needs a place. So imagine someone's like, here's all my stuff. Well, where's it going to go? And usually if you're in a place of, I want to help this person, I want to fix it for them. You end up soaking all of that up into you. And you may notice this a couple days later, an hour later, you might feel your energy drain. You might like slump when you normally would be okay that part of the day. And I actually had this happen to me recently uh, where I spent time with a friend and in talking to them. So people love sharing things with me. It's great. But if I'm not clear about my boundaries, I kind of go too deep. And this is what happened to the point where I actually uh, was, my body was so stressed out that I got a cold sore, which has not happened in like six years. And I had to be in front of people for three days, which was not ideal. So literally my body was full of stress and anxiety that I inadvertently picked up from this person. So what should I have done instead? Well, I should have had a very clear sense of when to cut it off. But my coaching self was like, oh, no, we got to get to the end point. We're digging, we're digging, we're digging. So what I should have done is had um, an environment for me to have separation. And instead, I spent hours with this person, and it really just kind of like triggered. And this has happened multiple times. This isn't the friend's fault. It's actually more of my my, uh, lack of discernment in my own energy. I didn't realize how much I was outputting and, and absorbing and intaking. So I first needed to acknowledge that it was happening in my body and it happened pretty quickly. So for me, it's this tightening in my chest and I start to feel kind of this clench at the base of my neck. And so if I had recognized that, I would have said, you know what, I'm really not in a place to be processing this. Can we put a pin in it? Can we readdress this? And that would have been that, but instead I kind of just pushed it to the side and, and did it again. It also just recently happened with another friend where I actually felt my throat start to close up um, because this person was kind of telling a very emotional story and they were still in it. And I don't know if they were really ready to move through it. Uh, so it was almost like no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't clear this feeling. Um, and it ended up being like the post-nasal drip. And so my body was like, no, 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 don't do it. Um, and what ended up happening was an environment change allowed me to shift the energy and to actually get my needs met in a different way. So there's first the environmental shift that you can make. So if you're talking to someone on the phone and you start to feel that you can ask them, Hey, I, can I call you back? Like, I just, I gotta get something out of my throat or I need to go make myself a tea. So by giving yourself that time, you can actually process differently and make a different decision for yourself. Um, or can we have a different call later on? I'm not feeling up to this. And I've actually done that with someone else where uh, I had a call scheduled with them and I felt their energy through the phone. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to do this. And I was like, you know what? I'm not really feeling this. I'm not really feeling this call. Uh, we should do it a different time. And I actually never rescheduled. And that was okay with me. <laughs> so um, I'm sorry if their feelings were hurt, but honestly, my well-being was more important at that moment. So I took it. So environment change. So if it's a Zoom, then you could just say, you know what, I'm not really in a place right now to have this conversation, or can we have this conversation later? Um, You need to honor that. Because if you don't, then your body actually responds to it. So stress 
creates inflammation. Inflammation makes us sick. It's this whole trickle-down trickle effect. So we have to notice where there's first friction before it becomes this stress and anxiety that takes over. And if you have a propensity for anxiety, this is one of those things that will help you feel more in control. So doing body scans, noticing where there's friction or tension, doing deep breathing, going out for a walk, having water. And that's another piece. So have accessories that help you refocus. So if you have any tendencies toward ADHD, they have those fidget spinners. Those are great. So for me, it's usually a coffee mug or a coffee cup. So I'll just kind of grip onto it or I'll hold it in my hands as I'm talking to someone because just having that texture to focus on allows me to move uh, somewhere else where I'm not in the story with them. And then the other tool is water. So water allows us to obviously hydrate. Um, it allows us to kind of flush um, and it's a great pause. So if someone is going on and on, you can just say, excuse me one sec and take a glass of water and that will actually stop them in their tracks at that moment. And you have the ability to kind of redirect the conversation. And that's what we need to do. So it's acknowledging first that you are in friction, the other person is in stress and you're being affected and then assessing what are your options, what's your out strategy. And so you can redirect, you can say, you know, hey, so I'm not really feeling up for this topic, or it sounds like this is really frustrating for you. Um, maybe this would be something better for, for your coach or your therapist or someone else. Um, and if they continue, then your opportunity is to say, hey, so I know that you really wanna talk about this and I've brought this up, like, it's not for me, I'm gonna need to you know, jump off the, off the call because this isn't good for me. And that's a hard conversation to have because here's what happens. When you become the go-to of emotional dumping, people become a little attached to you. They become addicted to the feeling of dumping. And so you become that go-to space for them. They feel great in the moment, you feel like shit. And then literally a day or two later or a week or two or a month or two, they're back at it again with the same story. Lupin, lupin, lupin. So the question is, what are they willing to do differently? Because you've noticed that they keep coming to you with the same story and they keep having the same outcome. So what is it that they actually want to do with it? What is the ideal for them? And I did this with a friend. So what's your ideal outcome here? And they kind of skirted around and wanted to storytell again. And I said, that wasn't my question. My question is, what do you want in this situation? And finally they got to, and I said, then that's what you need to focus on. But every time you're retelling this, you are reinvesting in the story and it's exhausting. So you have the opportunity and people aren't going to like it. Sometimes the truth hurts, um, but this isn't about them. This is about you preserving your energy. So in a workplace situation, if someone keeps going on and on and on about things that they're upset with, ask them for, well, what is it that you want the outcome to be? And who do you need to talk to to support that? So maybe this is a conversation for HR. Maybe this means you should look for another job. Maybe this is a mindset shift and you should talk to a coach. Like there are always options, but if it is beyond your reach and scope in your role, you need to outsource it. It's not even delegating. You need to outsource it because it is not for you. You do not have the expertise or skill set. You do not have the authority to approve someone taking time off or, you know, moving jobs. Like that's not up to you. But what you can do is offer a mirror or a wall, meaning the wall is going to stop them in their tracks from continuing the cycle. Like you shall not pass. You are the Gandalf of emotions. And the mirror allows you to reflect back what you see. 
not in a judgmental way, but in an observation pattern. Um, it's a pattern form of trends you're seeing like, hey, I've noticed you've brought this up three times and we haven't really seen any progression. So I'm curious what it is you need to feel like you're moving it forward or what are we looking to actually accomplish here? What is that ideal outcome? And so this will give you a clear indication if someone wants to continue to spiral in their venting and their drama, that's what we call level two energy. And if they want to stay in that, that's great, but that's not for you. Um, So by you asking these curious, empowering questions, but that's very objective, it allows you to create space, which is what we call detached engagement. So you are listening, but you're not in it. You are hearing them, but you're not experiencing their emotional situation. And there might be some, you know, trickle out, but that space will allow you to say, not for me or for me, I can help them or I don't want to help them. So just because you can doesn't mean you should. Imagine that this person keeps coming to you asking you to tie asking you to tie their shoes. How many times are you going to do it before you say, "I think you can t- you can actually do it yourself," or uh, "What do you need support with to do this?" Or maybe shoelaces aren't for you. Maybe you're a Velcro person or a slip-on, which is okay. I love my Toms. So in this situation, yes, it's very basic, um, but that is the equivalent of what people are doing with their situations. They're coming and they're sharing, but they're not actually indicating that they want things to be better or they want to uh, take accountability for shifting things. So so that is your opportunity to prompt them with those questions. And so they're then going to know, crap, every time I go to Lauren, she's going to challenge me to like actually fix this on my own. I can't just dump this in her lap. Um, and my friends actually t- say that to me. They're like, damn it. I know I have to do work now. You're not just going to like take it. And I basically say to people, if I've heard the same story more than two times that like, Hey, this keeps coming up. What are you doing about it? Cause this is exhausting for me to hear. I'm a tough friend. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, so these are some tools. So create the space, have out strategies, Um, Give yourself something objective to focus on. So having something in your hand, writing things down allows you to focus on the fact and the story and separate those two and and listen to your body. So where are you feeling the stress and friction? Um, And know that energy is all around us. Emotions are all around us. They are very heightened and we are approaching the holiday season where they're going to be even more, uh, you know, expressive, we'll say. We got all the family interactions. So the more that you can practice this now going into the holiday season, the more you're going to be able to preserve your energy. So notice it, take care of it, have your strategies, and also celebrate when you've honored it. Give yourself a pat on the back of saying, yep, I cut that off. I could have been drained for the next three days, but I'm not. So do it for you. Congratulate yourself and pass this on to you think anyone who needs to hear it as we enter the last quarter as we're in the last quarter of 2022 so this will help preserve your energy and your whole ecosystem too so everyone's operating together and the more that you get accountability uh, advocates they will support you in having those boundaries and have more honest conversations with your friends and colleagues Because in honesty, we can work with it. In specifics, we can work with it. But in ambiguous storytelling, we just have emotional reactions. So I hope this was helpful. Remember, if you haven't subscribed, do it. If you like this show, leave a review. And feel free to check out past episodes. And if you have ideas for future ones, feel free to email me, lauren at spitfirecoach.com. And you all keep being awesome.